Good morning, everyone, and welcome to uh, the new media show. My name is Todd Cochran. Thanks for being with us. We are uh, trying this morning to bring uh, Blab live, and it uh, doesn't want to do so, but we don't want to delay any more than we have to. So I uh, welcome our guest this morning. Good morning, Dan. How are you? Dan from Podcast Hey, guys. <laughs> Thanks for having hey, me. I warned you both <laughs> ahead of time that um, I'm outside, and uh, there's a lot of noise, and my connection is spotty, so all of those things uh, will make for a great show, in addition to the tech troubles we started out with. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Bring it on, right? <laughs> yep. You know, uh, YouTube and Facebook are working great, you know, and uh, it's, it's Blab that seems to be the constant, uh, you know, issue site. Yeah, that's the one we always seem to have the most problem with. But uh, YouTube and everything else working like a like a million bucks. So go figure. The big, the big companies are uh, are making it happen. The startups are uh, struggling. Is that the the story here? Yeah, I, I think that's the story. So of yeah. course. So Rob, you want to kick it off, and uh, and or Dan, do you want to kick it off and tell us what's uh, controlled chaos right now? Getting ready for podcast movement. Yeah, Todd. It's like I was telling you before uh, before we hopped on here. The these uh, the week before podcast movement in any event is the a little less busy because everything's kind of been turned in and submitted and printed and entered into whatever system and platform everything needs to go into. So um, at that point, it's too late for any kind of uh, you know chaos to actually affect too many things. But these uh, you know three weeks out, two weeks out, these are the times when. Uh, kind of all of those things come to a head. So yeah, uh, I don't I don't know how much uh, control is in the chaos, but uh, chaos is a good word for it. <laughs> so, and I know that you are getting, you're going to the printer and all that stuff, uh, but you know you've had uh, a number of large announcements. You're almost I, I assume you're almost sold out based upon two weeks ago saying you only had 150 tickets left. So are you guys getting close? Yeah, we're getting very close. Um, the under 100 tickets left now um, will definitely be going on this pace that we have, you know, 15 or 20 tickets a day. It should be about a week uh, a week left until we're sold out, which is really cool. But, um, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a cap that we put on it ourselves. Um, I'm sure Fire Marshal would let us cram another uh, 50 or 100 people into the space, but um, really that's not exactly what we're trying to do. We're trying to at least keep some kind of a semblance of uh, an event where people can spread their arms and move around and see who else is across the room um, versus cramming a bunch of people into one space. So um, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a limit we put on ourselves to try to control, uh, do a little bit of control of the space. Um, but yeah, we're, we're, we're almost there and it, uh, we have not had a, you know, a real sellout the past two years, but this is the first time where we've actually said we're going to have to start or we're going to have to shut off sales once we get to this point. So, um, yeah, it's, it's we're excited to have that problem. It's a good problem to have. Rob, go ahead while I'm trying to make this. Yeah, I was just what, what, what does that mean? If you have people that just show up, they they possibly couldn't get in, or are you guys going to be flexible on that? Yeah, so I mean, kind of the nature with any event is there's a certain percentage of people that register that won't be there. Um, yeah. So I think we'll try to balance that out with anyone who who walks up uh, and tries to get in. Um, kind of same thing. Like once we do hit that sellout point, we might have some kind of like waiting list or, or, you know, so, something like that. So then if we do hear from people that they're not going to be able to make it, um, we can figure out, you know, how much capacity we have. And like I said, it's a, 
it's kind of a self-imposed limit. So we do have a little wiggle room. If people do show up, um, we're, we're not going to probably turn people away. Um, but, you know, we are encouraging people to, to get in ahead of time if they are, you know, on the fence just because there's no guarantee other than unless people register. Gotcha. Well, let's uh, spend a few minutes and just kind of run through what the event looks like. Um, you know, I know there's multiple days and and things that are going on each day. I want you to just kind of kind of share quickly about that, and then we can kind of dive into more details. Yeah, some of the exciting things we're doing this year for podcast movement is we have um, an expanded version of what we started last year called PMX, which is it's a number of people that uh, applied to speak weren't we didn't have spots for them. Um, but still had good topics and things like that. And it's actually uh, taking place the day before podcast movement uh, or the day it kicks off that uh, early in that day, which is uh, Wednesday, July 6th. And it's a free event for anyone. So people also who either can't get tickets to podcast movement or it's a little too much, but they're in the Chicago area um, and they can go see this PMX and it's modeled after like TEDx or TED Talks where it's 15, 18, 20 minute talks. Um, you know, not a whole lot of flash and not a whole bunch of just PowerPoints, but kind of just talking on a pointed subject, uh, you know, 15 or 20 minutes of, of solid content. And uh, we have two stages uh, going that Wednesday from 9 a.m. to 3 or 3.30 p.m., I believe, um, right there in the in the same conference center. Um, it's going to be on uh, two of the main stages from the event. Um, but that's real cool happening the day before. And like I said, it's free for anyone who wants to show up, drop in. Um, come by for the afternoon, um, just whatever, as people arrive to the event early. Um, then we have check-in and a welcome party at 5. We have the awards show that night. Um, Going to be an even bigger and better awards show than, than we had last year, which was awesome. We're evolving it a little bit and trying to make it an enjoyable stage presentation and, and a, you know an entertaining show. Um, we've got uh, Colt Cabana coming back to host the Academy of Podcasters Awards show again this year. And he has a co-host this year who is a real funny lady, uh, lady comedian uh, named Maria from uh, Second City there in Chicago. So kind of a, a, a local celebrity uh, a comedian there from the Chicago area. Um, and then the podcast movement happening on, on Thursday and Friday. Uh, anyone who's been to past podcast movements will recognize the format, um, kind of the way things are moving. Uh, in terms of with the event starts on Thursday with an opening keynote, and then we'll wrap up on Friday with the closing keynotes, um, kind of the breakout sessions and panels happening in between those two things. So the second half of the first day and the first half of the second day will be all those breakout sessions and, and panels. Um, we have one new addition this year, which is we're calling it our solutions stage. Um, it's, a, it's basically two full days during the breakout sessions of a Q&A, a much more interactive type, uh, sessions going on on that solution stage and that's actually kind of inside the exhibitor area so then when uh, the breakout sessions start and people disperse from that exhibitor area there's a stage over there that will have this interactive type session going on so we got uh, experts from a few different aspects of podcasting whether it's Angelo who's uh, from, from Todd's team who's going to be talking about WordPress specific um, aspects of um, podcasting and publishing and all of that uh, or, or Dave Jackson, who's going to be talking about something. So a lot of names that are familiar to people uh, watching and listening to this show. And we'll be on that solution stage doing some more interactive Q&A, kind of bring your problems to us and we'll help you uh, with them. Uh, so we're having that stage. 
Um, and then, yeah, like I said, otherwise it's, it's similar, just on a larger scale to the past few years in terms of, um, you know, what the layout is. Uh, and then the difference this year is uh, that middle day, that middle evening where we've had the off-site party. Uh, this year we're doing something smaller but different but still really cool and unique um, on Thursday night. Um, it's actually FreshBooks is helping us put it on, um, helping fund a little bit of it. But uh, that Third Coast uh, Audio Festival that is based out of Chicago actually kind of have an entertaining stage-type show called Podcast Therapy. And they're doing that on one of the main stages uh, on Thursday night, starting at 7.30. And then um, we're screening, after that, we're screening the Earbuds podcast documentary, which is the podcast documentary that uh, was kickstarted. it seems like, probably three or four years ago now um, by the Comedy Film Nerds team out from uh, out in the L.A. area. They're the guys that also do the L.A. Podfest. Um, but they uh, just now, it's been in the works for a long time, and we keep kind of hearing that it's going to come out, it's going to come out. Um, and I think they finally uh, screened it in L.A. for the first time at a recent film festival. Uh, but they're screening it um, that Thursday night at Podcast Movement. That's the first time that it's going to be screened anywhere in that part of the country or on the East Coast or anything like that. So that's what we're doing that Thursday night for the party. Um, so we're, we're excited to kind of change it up a little bit. Uh, make it a little more informal on site and also encourage people, you know, because we're not busing you uh, across town or kind of pigeonholing you into it, encouraging people that same evening. If you've got your own meetups you want to do or want to go hang out or go see Chicago, that's a good night to do it. So really trying to take feedback we heard from previous year's events, um, not pull all options off the table for people, but try to, you know, continue to evolve and be accommodating to what everyone's kind of wanting to do. It's definitely a full lineup for you guys, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, you got a lot yes. going on. Yeah, um, one of the things that's kind of been important to us is um, when we, again, continue to evolve, continue to evolve uh, who the event is for, what uh, people can come to the event and get something out of it, is to not shop off any piece that we've previously um, you know, had success uh, catering to or, or you know, making the event for. Um, so even though this year we wanted to welcome more industry type people as attendees, um, you know, present some things on stage that maybe uh, terrestrial radio people looking into podcasting might want to come uh, see on stage and, uh, you know, learn about not sacrificing, you know, the original point of the event, which is are, are the, the podcasters, the people creating the content, um, the hobbyist people, you know, whether they're just getting started or, or trying to, um, take it take it up a notch or trying to monetize or trying to um, get their whatever better um, that's the reason the event has kind of grown in, in width so to speak um, so the length has stayed the same but the number of offerings per session have expanded and that's the main reason because we're not trying to uh, sacrifice anything that we um, you know anyone that has kind of become a podcast movement attendee and, and you know things have been geared towards them so we're trying to not uh, cut off those people because we're welcoming other people. So, um, you know, I don't, you know, eventually we're going to have to, you know, pick what we want to be. Um, but I think this year at least we're able to still accommodate everyone that's going to be coming. So go ahead, Rob. Oh, I was, I was asking, um, what do you think is going to be the attendee number from like commercial radio? Is there any sense of that? Is it, um, significantly different than last year? Um, uh, and it looks like public radio is there in force, but uh, I was just wondering on the commercial radio side, are you seeing people coming out for this? 
Yeah, um, we are, and a lot. It's been through some different partnerships we've uh, we've worked on. So with uh, Seth Ressler from Jacobs Media, we've been working mm -hmm. with him um, to try to do some outreach to some of these commercial radio people, um, and he's kind of uh, he's helped us make some of those connections. And we have probably through his connection alone, probably twenty or thirty people from um, you know all the the big commercial radio uh, companies coming out. Uh, that he's directly either put us in contact with or referred them our way, or I should say just to register for the event. Um, and then uh, the All Access group, the guys, uh, Todd, you and I saw each other out there at the All Access uh, conference, uh, the Worldwide Radio Summit on the West Coast a few months ago. Um, we're working with that All Access group as well to put us in contact and, and drive some people to the event. So really it's just... Um, you know, trying to build awareness, and if they show up and it's not for them, then they won't come back next year. Um, but a certain percentage will see something and, and hopefully send some teams or send some affiliate stations out, and uh, that, that can kind of be a new you know, source of people wanting to come and, and learn about podcasting. I think maybe um, the response that we thought we would get at that Worldwide Radio Summit as podcasters, um, Todd, we talked about how it seemed like they kind of um, wanted couldn't get out of the room quick enough whenever the podcasting session started. Um, but the people that did stick around in that room, those are the people that we're hoping will come and, and find something they like in podcast movement. Those that stayed in that room that day seemed to be, a lot of them were doing podcasts, if you remember correctly. When they raised their hands and asked, there were quite a few that were, were producing stuff, which surprised me too. Well, I guess it was a good sign, but yeah, this, the rest of them were out in the hallway having a cocktail. Yeah, which, which we did as well. I mean, right, but just not during the podcast session. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <right. laughs> yeah. So, so there's definitely a friction there between those two. Yeah. So, so. with uh, fifteen hundred, close to fifteen hundred, uh, having uh, you know signed up, and you're going to have a you know a, a great event. Um, I you know I was looking at the track layout. It looks like you're going to have five or six tracks running simultaneously. Is that was that the number? Yeah, I, th I think a little bit more. Um, you know, that's that's, and we've talked about this the past two years as we uh, put together 2014 and 2015. And that's the hardest part is having a bunch of good sessions, trying to figure out how to make it so that every block there's something for everyone without being two or three things for everyone. Because you know, you, you kind of want to put, or myself as I'm laying out what goes where, uh, put myself in the mind of those uh, those people that. Maybe they're there as a new podcaster. How will they weave their way through this? Or they're there as a radio professional. How would they weave their way as the sessions go along? Um, is there something for them? Are there too many things for them and not enough for someone else? So, um, oh, and you hear my, uh, my police sirens going on. Uh, but it really is. It's an inexact science um, that we just kind of uh, have to do our best to figure out. Don't you love it when... Uh... This is this yeah. is this is really live, folks. It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I thought I heard of a ping of a uh, golf club too back there, but uh, maybe it, maybe it wasn't a ping of a golf club. The um, yeah, so at least they're on the out, way outbound, Dan. They're not coming to get you. <laughs> they're not coming for me or anything. Not so so in Texas right now. It's uh. It's not even noon yet, and it's 97 degrees, oh. and it's uh, probably about 90% humidity right now. So um, the building is not on fire technically, but um, I feel like I as a person am. So, yeah, wherever you're at, you're probably not as uh, as miserable as it is right here. But it's uh, it's for, for a good cause. 
Hey, so anything uh, new uh, going on with the Hall of Fame um, s- s- uh, segment of the awards? Uh, you know, we, we got the Hall of Fame announcement out there pretty early. Um, Don and Drew, uh, Rob Walsh, um, Gary Leland, Mignon Fogarty. Uh, those are the those are the people being honored this year. Um, and then the, I guess the new thing this year is we're also uh, kind of putting together a new reward or award, uh, calling it the Contributions to Podcasting Award. We're kind of considering it as a part of the Hall of Fame, but a part that it's not necessarily a single person, uh, but it's kind of a group or a brand or a network or whatever that might be um, that would be in the Hall of Fame if it were a person. Um, and that this year is going to the Third Coast uh, International Audio Festival um, team up there in Chicago. Um, we thought it made sense that we we're in Chicago, and a lot of our speakers. I, I was shocked when I started doing research. Um, a lot of our speakers, whether they're people that are just in the purely podcast space, or they're from, they made their way into uh, public radio and came back, or uh, commercial radio and came back, they got their start at this Third Coast competition. And if you go look at the Third Coast website. Um, you can see kind of a list of their alumni, um, a list of people that have participated in their events and their competitions in years past. And it really is kind of a, a who's who in podcasting uh, these days. Um, but those people were getting their startup there five, ten years ago. So it's just a really cool group that as we're planning an event in Chicago, we've come to learn more about and uh, get to know those people a little better. Um, so we're, we're, this is the first year we're doing that award, that Contributions to Podcasting Award. And um, that's that's who's getting it this year is the uh, the third coast team. So that's the only um, you know really new thing we're doing there. Um, but other than that, it's just going to kind of be continuing to try to improve the uh, improve the voting process, uh, improve the judging process, improve the uh, you know the presentation and and all of that. So just to kind of take what we did last year and just try to continue to evolve it and make it better. The um, as it, go ahead. Nice. Nice transition there, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> I, it was better than the Flash, so I oh, I, that what it was? Yeah, okay. I, I changed up from the Flash. You know, every year when you're, um, you know, that I think for us, uh, we're always looking at, uh, you know, going back talk about the sessions a little bit. Uh, I think thing I'm excited about is um, there's some people there that I um, haven't necessarily heard of before, but I'm excited about their specific topic. So. You know, if you're going to podcast movement, I think it does you well to read through that whole schedule. <clears throat> and uh, and then, you know, for me at least, uh, you know, the space has grown, grown so much. I was telling someone the other day that um, I made a comment. It, it, was, it was driven by that uh, blog post that came up that was basically the top, quote unquote, 22 people influencing podcasting or whatever, which raised a firestorm. And. Um, because there was 20 guys and two ladies on it. And it's probably worth a little bit of a discussion stuff maybe later. But, uh, um, I think what happens is now the space has gotten so big. There's a lot of bubbles. There's the East coast bubbles. There's the, the lady podcaster bubble. There's the, the New York public radio bubble. There's the, you know, it's, there's a lot of groups. Now you've got the comedy guys out on the West yep. coast, you know, and it's just, and now what's scary to me and what makes me a little bit sad is that, and you know, I'm guilty too, because the following day, 
some gal from uh, some podcaster from New York that works at WNYC put together a top 22 uh, lady podcast list and kind of retribution to this one that had 20 guys and two girls and two ladies. And um, I was looking through the list. I'm like, don't know her, don't know her, don't know her. And I think it do us all a big, we all could learn something from that specifically. I think we need to try to broaden our circles more. But there, you know, I don't know, Dan and Rob, do you guys see these bubbles um you know what's your thoughts on on that yeah todd i've i've been seeing these bubbles for years now i mean i think it it, it kind of started uh you know it starts with kind of a genre based bubble is what it's been and and the commercial radio side has been a bubble you know just like you say and it's i mean i've been trying to bridge those 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 divides um and well, i don't know if they're necessarily divides they feel that way sometimes but they're they're just um, groups that are familiar with each other, but they're not familiar with people outside of their their area or or their their particular segment of the audio um, space. So, and yeah, yeah, I mean, you're exactly right. There, there's a lot of people now in podcasting that um, I've I've never met those people that are doing podcasts successfully out there. I think, um, but there has been a growth in this this concept, right? As more people come into this medium. Um, it's hard for all those people to meet each other and to uh, maintain the community. I think a lot of the concern that you have and a lot of concern that I have is that uh, when these bubbles happen, you you lose the continuity of the community and how we all kind of um, uh, work together to further the objectives of the or the direction of the medium. And you, you know, it's kind of like trying to corral stray cats. Everybody's going off in different directions and not working together. And that's, that's the concern that I have. And, you know, there's still a lot of people out there that don't know about podcast movement that are involved in podcasting. And I'm, you know, Todd, you're doing the same thing. And I know that the Jacobs folks are doing the same thing too, where they're, they're spreading the word. They're saying that there is this kind of a community event. And that's really what podcast movement is, is a podcast community get together Meet each other, um, become a you know a a community that thinks of themselves as is a community. Um, I don't know, Dan. You can probably add a lot to this too because you're really involved in the podcast community. Yeah, I mean, I think um, you made a, basically what you said about the it being a community event. Um, that's something that we set out to build an event for the community that we already knew existed. But uh, we didn't expect it to kind of be something that was welcoming new people into the community. I think that's that's the cool part about it is all those bubbles that Todd referenced, all those bubbles kind of come together and will that podcast movement and in some way, shape, or form kind of collide and, and combine, hopefully. Yeah. Um, you know, nothing can be done on a, on a one-off three-day event. Um, you know, nothing total can happen, but, you know, it can be the start of a few things. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the, the evolution of the event is that it started out as, hey, let's get these people we already know together, um, you know, maybe people that are already getting together together again, um, but just for a more focused uh, type event. But it became something where let's get all these different people that on their own know each other, but or individually know their own groups, their own bubbles, as Todd said, but they haven't ever you know, had a place where they all come together. So that's kind of the evolution of the space. 
and I, I really, Todd, you made a good point about when people talk about the podcasting bubble as a whole. I actually do feel like um, how you laid it out, where it's a bunch of individual bubbles. Um, that's, to me, a better graphic representation. I've always just said it's a very fragmented community. Um, and, and Rob, you said, you know, maybe this community is growing apart a little bit because of that fragmentation. But just my observations, I, I think it's actually been fragmented a whole uh, for a lot longer. Those, the NPR folks and the West Coast folks and all these people, they kind of have been in their own bubble for a while doing their own thing, not really playing ball with, um, I guess, what I would call the people at the center of that, uh, you know, that crossover. So um, I don't necessarily, it doesn't seem like anything's getting further apart, but since all those individual bubbles are growing individually, maybe it just feels like it now. Yeah. You know, I have to laugh when uh, Nick Qua refers to Blueberry and uh, and Libsyn as the old guard. <laughs> and I just, it cracks me up really a lot because, uh, you know, it's I, I guess maybe that's a badge of honor, the old guard, but, you know, they... <laughs> You know, sometimes it's implying being old guard is not necessarily a positive endearment, uh, being that they're stuck in their ways and stuff. And, uh, um, you know, I, I try to watch and see what people are doing innovative wise. And um, I'm seeing a lot of people doing the same thing. So I, I don't necessarily see people pushing the bubble. Um, I, I hope to. I hope we start seeing some people doing some pushing the bubble and, and you know hopefully this uh, you know podcast moment we go there and we'll get some ideas you know that's the goal is to go and sit down on a session and listen and have a you know wow that was that was a cool idea and write that down and incorporate in your own show um i'm hoping that's what we find and you know one thing i'm going to do and i know we're if we talk about our sessions a little bit you know i'm trying to going to bring some of those aha moments to content creators so that they have a few things to write down, leave the session, say, yeah, those are one or two or three implementations I can do to make my show better or something to learn. Um, and I hope every speaker that's there tries to focus on giving you know folks a couple of walkaways. Um, sometimes it's just information, but it's uh, um, you got to tie it to a, you know, what is, what, how's this going to make it better? And what that'll do for you guys too, is make people want to come back the following year. They've gotten value. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, one of the things we always try to avoid is something in, you know, the Hivio conference, I, I watched it all online. It, it was really good, but a few of those presentations almost seemed like, Hey, look at what we've done. Mm -hmm. I want to show everyone what we've done. Look at the screen and look at our stats and look at kind of our advertisement for ourselves. We're not selling anything to you, so it's not a sales <laughs> pitch, but it's, you know, just kind of uh, pounding on the chest a little bit. Right. And that really, you know, it's cool. It makes headlines. Whoever, you know, the bloggers in the crowd will blog about it and tweet about it. You know, such and such is doing such and such. Yep. Um, but hopefully, you know, some of that, that uh, those ideas will then be turned into a little more like you were saying, Todd, a little more teaching moments than just, you know, um, you know, praise me moments. It's cool to share that stuff, but at the same time, you know, the folks that are there are there because they're, they, they're savvy. They're participating in the community already. And, uh, you know, they've heard some of this stuff. You don't need to completely repeat everything that maybe you've talked about before. So and it is a challenge, too, from a speaker standpoint. But, uh, um, I, you know, I, I hope everyone leaves Podcast Movement with, uh, you know, 25 new ideas to, you know, to 
adjust or change or maybe implement on their shows. But Todd, I mean, there is a factor on, on this too, that, um, you know, uh, things change, like you say, True. and there's, there's tricks of the trade that exist out there. Um, but I'm always amazed, um, you know, how little the fundamentals of this industry have changed, uh, even since it started, um, you know, how to do a good show is really, hasn't changed anything or I don't know. It, it, it just feels like we're, we're, we're expecting something revolutionary, but in some ways the fundamentals of this industry really haven't changed much. Um, and maybe it's cause they shouldn't change much because what we're doing works. I don't know. From a tech support side, it's the same 20 questions. You know, yeah. and so what we're, you know, what we've tried to do is, okay, is, is the 20 questions because we've made it hard? Is it 20 questions because we didn't give them a resource and then trying to eliminate those questions from being asked because of the process? So, um, but sometimes it's just fundamental stuff. And also today, just from a way people are, they don't want to read more than 120 characters. So if you write written documentation, um, it uh, often doesn't get read, so people are more visual now, so you have to provide them visual cues um, and actually, you know, do a demo with a video, or a, a, you know, a, some sort of video cue, and they seem to take to that more than they do anything that's written. Some, some read, but most don't. So let's, uh, sure. let's cover quickly the exhibition side of this yeah. conference and just talk about the format of that um, and, you know, kind of who's involved and what the, what the direction of the exhibition side is. Yeah, well, this is the first year that we've actually kind of been at capacity for, uh, you know, quote-unquote sold-out exhibit spaces. Um, the past few years, we've been able to accommodate last-minute people and push some tables closer together without, um, you know, violating what we had promised the exhibitors. But this is the first year where... Um, you know, we, we mapped out with the hotel how much room we had. We went back to them and said, give us, you know, where else can we put tables? Where else can we um, set up people kind of still maintaining the, the focus of the exhibit hall being in the common area where people are, which um, has been great for everybody. Um, and we kind of, you know, fought it out with the fire marshal there at the in Chicago and got it so that um, we've got as much as we can there without being too crowded. Um and we sold out all those spaces, and we've, for the past month or so, had to tell anybody that was wanting to, um, to exhibit, you know, sorry, we'll, we'll see you next year kind of thing. Um, which, again, it's a good and a bad problem to have, but we just had no, no other option. So um, it's going to be a full exhibit hall. Um, it's going to be a combination of, um, I don't want to say old guard, but since you guys said that, um, <laughs> you brought that word up. But it really is going to be a combination of, um, you know, the, the groups that have been there the past few years. Um, some groups that have been around for a little while, but this is their first year to be there. And then a whole lot of, um, I don't even know if we have a name for podcast tech, um, that whole niche of people trying to do new things. Um, you know, every year we've had, you know, Ringer is coming back for the third year in a row. Um, but there were some companies last year that were kind of like Ringer that won't be back this year. They haven't, um, you know, made it past to that two-year point. Uh, but there's that new batch and a bigger batch this year of some of those new companies coming in. Uh, showing what they're trying to do in the space, and everybody's doing something a little different, um, has different takes on, you know, you know uh, Rob, you talked about how the fundamentals haven't uh, changed, and they haven't, but there are people trying to, you know, either improve on the fundamentals or make yeah. the fundamentals easier, so they're all going to 
um, or a lot of them are going to be there this year. And then um, we're going to have the, the recording booth that uh, we had last year, that Buzzsprout uh, put out there. And that was a lot of fun for people that were able to hop in that booth and, um, and either interview people or, or have a little mini episode of their own. Um, then we'll have that stage there, like I said, kind of in the middle of it all uh, with interactive Q&A sessions. So that's the one big, big uh, addition to it. Um, yeah, but I mean, it's just going gonna, it's, it's gonna to be cool. I really like kind of being the place where some of these new companies launch. We have three or four companies that are launching at Podcast Movement. This is their first exposure to the market. Um, and I, I think it's a, a really cool place and a really cool thing to have people wanting to do that. Yeah, I see that you have uh, Samson, Sennheiser, and Sure as as exhibitors. I think that's those are great. Yeah, and that was something we really, really wanted the first two years. Um, the first year we had Mike Tech out there. Um, actually, I believe a couple guys that had spun off of Samson. Um, last year they were there as well as Sennheiser and Sure. Um, and this year Sennheiser and Sure are coming back. Uh, mm -hmm. Samson, as you said. And then uh, BSW will be there as well, nice. uh, Broadcast oh, Supply World. Nice. And they were they were there last year, but they were kind of off in a corner. They were a last-minute addition last year. Uh, but this year, they'll be there in full force. And, um, you know, we really like the idea of having, uh, you know, the actual equipment and gear out there because a lot of us are kind of gear junkies and want to see and hold some of this equipment that we hear about. So, um, you know, that, that would be where I would love to grow the most next year is to continue to try to get some of these companies, some of these established uh, you know, gear, uh, audio companies, um, as well as some of the, uh, you know, some of the different editing suites, for instance, we have Hindenburg there this year. We haven't had them, uh, before, mm -hmm. um, but they're one of the bigger audio editing, uh, programs. So we're excited to have them and I would love to continue to grow, uh, you know, in future years to have more of these, uh, equipment manufacturers, some of these more established companies that people know about and have, um, you know, have heard about before and they can actually meet the people and, test drive some of these things so um but the fact that we've grown that area some this year uh, should be really fun too so i know we've got a few minutes left before you've got a hard stop here um where do we go next where's where's uh any are you staying in chicago or going back to dallas uh, anything you can say now no i've already told i've already told todd that um no, I, I'm not going to, I can't disclose it here. Um, paperwork signed. We're, we're not going to be in Chicago. We're not going to be in Dallas. We're, we're moving around where um, we really like the idea of just being able to kind of make it a roadshow that is a destination point for people. So um, regardless of where you're based out of, um, it's a place that you want to come to. Um, it's going to be central for some. It will be not central for more. Um, we had like 60 or 70 or 80 percent last year uh, i think it was 75 percent actually that traveled in that weren't um you know in the dfw austin area uh this year it's, i think it's closer to 80 percent of the people that um you know were looking at the addresses and kind of doing the, the map and seeing where everyone are coming from uh we have 49 states represented and i think 12 or 13 countries uh last i checked um so it's really an international event that people are coming from all over um so our goal now is just to put it in really cool cities that people will want to come to um, and that, you know, the it, people in the U.S. will want to come there regardless of if it's in their town or not. And that's something that the first two years, really, people said, oh, I would go if it were in Dallas again. Um, but those aren't the people that, that really it's geared towards. It's geared towards the people that want to be part of this community. And as long as we make it a semi-easy place to get to, um, then they'll want to come. So that's, that's the 
you know, the growth of podcast movement is trying to be somewhere people want to go to. Um, you know, not be so does that mean that not gonna you're going to still stay that? in the, the central part of the United States or are you going to head to one coast or another? Yeah, I think, uh, I, yeah, yeah, we'll be, we'll be, we'll be potentially heading to a coast. Um, we want to, like I said, we want to stay accessible. We don't want to be, um, you know, in some place where people are going to have to fly to a small airport and drive or even, you know, fly to a, you know, a big airport and drive a couple hours to get there. Um, you know, we'll, we, as we did last year, we're going to unveil the location this year, at podcast movement, um, put do like we did in the past years where people can register for next year's at the event, um, for, for a cheap price, just to kind of you know, keep that momentum going a little bit, um, you know, from multiple perspectives. So, uh, so, Ro- yeah. so Rob, it's East or West, one of the two. That's right. Which is going to win? The, and, yeah. uh, and, uh, and hopefully, uh, and, and, it is, and it probably is going to be a big hub. So it's either New York or it's either L- LA or San Francisco. So, um, maybe <laughs> all, all safe bets, all safe bets. Oh, okay. So we'll narrow it down a little further. Well, it here. could be, it could be Vegas too. <laughs> Uh, he said coast though, so that now tells me it's going to be east or west coast. <laughs> Dan, the speculation has now started. Yeah, absolutely. There you go. There you, go. Um, you know, I, it, it's uh, well, be interesting. And here's what I'm going to bet, Rob. If I if we we're going to do Vegas bets, I'm going to bet I'm going to bet they're going to go to New York. So, uh, Dan, he's holding, he's got he's holding a poker face there. So, yeah. Speaking of Vegas. <laughs> So I'm I'm uh, I'm going to put my bets on New York, but uh, uh, so we'll see see how see what happens here. Yeah, he's not smiling <laughs> anymore. <laughs> oh, okay. no, it'll it, it'll be it'll be good. Yeah. Um, it'll be it'll be a fun time. Um, same, it, it'll be a little bit later. Um, we didn't we we talked about it. I'm sure when we first picked out the date, it's not you know being that close to holiday. It's not necessarily our ideal date, but. Um, we're as an event, we're still in that awkward middle size of not yeah. big enough for a convention center and not necessarily wanting to be a convention center size yeah. event. Yeah. Um, yeah. But a lot of the cool hotels not being um, big enough for what we're trying to do. So um, that's the reason we had the kind of awkward date this year. Um, next year, it's a little, little kind of more uh, breathing room from any major <laughs> U.S. holidays. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it'll. It, it's we're we're super excited to announce next year's at this year's event okay and and i know you're i know you're i know you got to go and uh but we thank you for have for coming on but as a as a vendor oh i t- i love the setup the way we are now i know at some point you're probably gonna outgrow that but uh it just uh it really it really embodies what used to be uh you know what what the event uh was when it begun but uh at some point i know you'll grow beyond that and be, not be able to do that anymore but um we'll keep our fingers crossed Rob, anything? Yeah, we'll we'll keep our creative hats on. We're uh, we we have kind of um, not being traditional event planning people. We've not been afraid to try some non-traditional things. So I think we'll continue to try to do our best to embody that. Yeah. Hey. So as you think about uh, next year's event, are you uh, thinking about a venue that 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 will actually be able to grow grow beyond you know like two thousand or or are you guys um, thinking that the event could scale much bigger than two thousand? Um, I don't think we're necessarily trying putting um, goals on scaling it larger. If it happens organically, then it will, and that'll be great. Um, but okay. I mean, I, I think this size is it's it's a good size. Um, the venue we're in will be in next year. We'll have the ability to scale. It will give us more breathing room if we 
if that happens. Um, but I mean, I, I really think the growth is going to kind of happen organically. That's really um, yeah. how it has happened the last two years, even though we are um, expanding our reach a little bit to a couple of different, you know, the more industry side and the more radio side. Um, those have represented very small pieces of growth, uh, whereas just the, the community as a whole has represented the, the vast majority of the growth from the first year to this year. So I think, um, you know, we'll, we'll probably, if, you know, if we're lucky enough and put forth enough effort, then we'll grow organically some. Um, but there's not this big push. We have to get to this number. We have to get to that number. Right. So, um, yeah. Dan, sure. I, know, I know you got to go, Rob. We got to cut him loose. He has, we're already holding him over. So thanks. Right. Hey, Dan, thanks so much for coming on. I, I appreciate it. And if you haven't decided to go to Podcast Movement, you need to get your tickets right now. They're almost gone. Join us in uh, Chicago. It's going to be a great right. event. Big family reunion, big family community get together. So uh, be there. Cool. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, Dan. Yeah, thanks, Dan. It was great to have you on. Okay, bye. Well, there's so much to talk about, Todd. <laughs> so I, I'm, I bet they're going East Coast. Yeah. That would be my, well, it could be West Coast. Well, with all the, all the public radio folks, I would be shocked if they didn't go to the East Coast. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It depends on what they want to have the, the conference become. You mm-hmm. know, I think it's, it gets back to the, the goals. If they're going to push more into the, the monetization side, that would probably make sense. Mm-hmm. Of so, course, we're speculating here, but yeah. You know, and and if they do go to the, you know, just you know, playing devil's advocate here a little bit, if they do go to the East Coast, it just, um, you know, especially if they go to New York, the prices, you know, you you just the the hotel costs alone will double. Yeah. Um. Yeah, as a vendor, it's it, it, those New York events are crazy expensive. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Maybe well, maybe they'll have well, it. In it doesn't, Boston doesn't or actually have to be in New York to tap into that market. <clears throat> That's it true. Could be, it could be Philadelphia or it could be yeah. uh, Washington, D.C. But, but he said coast. Yeah. So coast to me means, uh, you know, bordering co- co- the Atlantic co- or Pacific. Coastal city, you mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, so we'll see. Uh, who knows? Yeah. I mean, I thought that, you know, being in, being in the central part of the U.S., was good for the, the early days of the event, um, but getting to a coast with some serious population. Now, that's not to say Chicago is a small city. It's not. Right. Um, actually, sh- Chicago is actually a pretty darn good place for, for the event to stay, actually. Right. Um, there's a lot of advertising, a lot of, um, a lot of business in Chicago. And, um, and also, it's, you know, from a, you know, it's anytime, as long as it's a main hub. Yeah. You know, if it's a, if it's in Atlanta, if it's a Chicago, if it's a Dallas, at LA, if it's a San Francisco, um, you know, when you have to change airplanes, especially if you're coming from the West Coast, if it's a, if it's a two hopper, um, that immediately lowers the number of folks that are going to come too. Yeah, I think it's really, really <clears throat> interesting. I was looking at the sponsorship list that also doubles as the exhibitor list too, yeah. but, um, uh, who's who's at the top of this event sponsoring it? I think it's interesting. Um, Let's see here what section uh, is we got. Oh, yeah. Audible and Block Talk Radio are the lead sponsors. Uh, Platinum is Dropbox. 
Oh, yeah, that's right. <clears throat> Which makes me wonder what they're going to do. You know, it's kind of a funny, it's a funny. Uh, oh, yeah, Dropbox. Yeah. It's a funny platinum sponsor because they they shut you down if you have, if, you know, people try to host their media on Dropbox. They they block the, you know, you get too many downloads at once. They They lock your account out. So. It's a little perplexing. You're mm-hmm. exactly right. And um, Blog Talk Radio is making a big jump here as a gold sponsor. So they're just spending lots of money on that. So, and I and, think they're I think they're under pressure. Yeah, you guys are putting them under pressure. Yeah. Well, they've been putting themselves under pressure for many years, actually. <laughs> and then we, uh, we don't have to go there too far, but and then Audible is an interesting pick there because they're they're really not podcasting. So no, they just have Amazon with big bucks. that can afford the sponsorship. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's an audio, it's an audio company. They they're putting out original audio content, but audible is not putting out any RSS feeds into iTunes. So it's not, that's not something that they're, they're doing. It's an interesting connection. Audible has with podcasting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's not what people think it is to some degree. So they've got, I don't know what these other, they've got bronze sponsors, you know, PodTrack, first time attending an event in many, many, many years. You know, that to me was shocking that they actually were coming to the event. Uh, they they never have a booth. Yeah. Um, yep. And, and A. Weber, which I, I don't really know a lot about them. I know they've been involved in podcasting for a while, but their their logo yeah, their, about, their email their email marketing their their logo about disappears on the page. Yeah, uh, not a good color choice. Yeah, lead and pages then, of course is big for the marketing folks. Hindenburg, I'm you know I don't know very many people using that, but I guess they're trying to get people yeah. to use it. And uh, you know, WordPress is involved. Is yeah, so is. Is WordPress.com actually doing much with podcasting? Uh, no. Huh. But, but most there's most people's podcasts are running on WordPress. But yeah, but not not on WordPress.com. No, no, no. And then they got Ad Large, Buzzsprout, Emerald City Productions, Jack Apps, whoever that is. Well, Jake Apps is uh, part of um, Jacobs Media. Oh, okay. Um, they. Actually, those guys make uh, the the app for Podcast One. Yeah, I worked with those guys on the Podcast One app. Gotcha. Midroll, so, Panoply, Podomatic, Third Coast International Audio Festival, which I'm, yeah, that's new to me. That's today's the first time I ever heard of them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've heard of them before, but I haven't really spent much time looking at them. Yep. So, but th- th- I don't think this is the full exhibitor list. This is the sponsor list. Let's look at the. Yeah. Uh, exhibitors. Here we go. Yeah, that's a more <clears throat> comprehensive list. Yeah. All right. Let's All go the companies down involved. Uh, Podbean is up there again. Yep. Audio Boom. Yeah. They so they list the sponsors by. See, uh, Dropbox is not even a exhibitor. They're a sponsor, but not an exhibitor. That's curious. It's purely a marketing buy. Yeah. Okay, so let's go down here and look at the other ones coming. Buzzsprout, Canadian Broadcast Corp, 
Chatwing. That's a chat. That's the chat software that's running on uh, newmediashow.com forward slash live. FinCon. Yeah, it is, I, yeah, it is really interesting that the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation is exhibiting. Mm-hmm. That, that is really interesting. I mean, if you look at the PRI, yeah, PRI is exhibiting too. Yeah, we got anyway. FinCon. Of course, that's uh, well known. Don't know interview connections. No interview valet. This is these guys uh, work on finding uh, guests. And yeah, stuff. guests and stuff. Yeah. Uh, Jake Apps again. Life on record. Never heard of them. Patreon. We know Pod X Ref. Don't know uh, about don't that. Know them podcast websites. That's, uh, that's uh, JLD. Yeah. Uh, Podcaster Society. That's uh, Daniel J. Lewis. Podfly. I didn't even know they're still in business. Uh, Pod- oh, that's that's Corey Corey Coates and his hosting company, right? Or yeah, or yeah. what do they do? What do they do? Uh, they I they think- do transcriptions. Oh, and, okay. And you know, all sorts of podcasts, kind of kind of consulting and and production services. Then we got uh, Podster Magazine, uh, Pro Podcast Solutions. I'm going to have to go through and look at the uh, ringer. I mean, it's just the ringer, the whole ringer thing, I don't fully get. Um, Samson, Sennheiser, sure. Simple Podcast Press, Spreaker, of course, you guys. Podcast Toolbox, True Native Media, Wondery, and Xeno Live. Um, Xeno Live, that's an interesting. Um, I know a little bit more about Xeno Live than I pro- I, I'm probably allowed to say. But they do some cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, interesting group of exhibitors. Oh, okay, so there, Xeno Live is a little bit like uh, Block Talk Radio. It looks like. Yeah, but they 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 yeah they do a little different. Um, yeah, it's similar to that. Mm-hmm. You can call in right via via a phone to mm-hmm. actually do your broadcast. And uh, I think it's pretty high end. Oh, it's expensive. Uh, well, it's 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 a high end solution, but it's pretty pretty impressive. If if I if it's a company, I've gotten briefed on three or four of these, so I'm thinking of one other company. So I better be careful here. But I think it's a pretty high end solution, but it works really really well. Um, yes, I don't know Podcaster Toolbox. Don't know who that is. Oh, they don't even have a website link. Let's see here. Revisit. I think they were there last year, weren't they? Uh, live connected uh, products. Um, yeah, I don't know what they do. Revisit? Yeah. I don't know what those guys do. Uh, looks like... Um, Pod X Ref. I was curious about this. Explore fine. Listen, it looks like another directory. Oh, Podster Magazine. Yeah, haven't haven't really heard much about Podster Magazine after we had them on our show. Yeah, uh, Life on Record. No idea who they are either. Looks like they they have a May June issue of Podster Magazine that's available. So I would assume they would have a new. So why is Canadian Broadcasting Corporation coming. 
Well, they've been they've been heavy podcasters for many years, you know, since the early early days. Hmm. And it's close to Chicago. An advertised cast, number one podcast advertising market. I might be willing to say really on that. <laughs> oh, which one was this? Advertisecast.com. Number one podcast advertising. Choose from over 200 pots ready to promote. Okay. Um, I've got about 4,000 uh, ready to promote. <laughs> uh, interesting. Oh, 200 podcasts, huh? So who's in there? Let's look at their biggest show. Let's see what we got here. Filter by. Listener per episode, one hundred thousand plus. Oh, so you can you can buy these on a CPM. Yeah, I wonder who's doing the measurement on these shows. Half okay, I've never heard of any of these shows. And they'd say they're doing a hundred thousand plus. Let's look here at fifty thousand. Uh two shows I've never heard of again. Let's say comedy. What's in comedy? Yeah, when people are, you know, when they're putting up numbers like this, you, okay, so who is, who's validating that data, you know? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, anyway, they're one of them. Oh, Free Talk Radio, I've heard of those guys. They've uh, been around podcasting for a long time. They're, they're listening here, and it looks like they've got, um... 5,000 listeners per episode, ad package costs um, $3.81 to $6 CPM. Oh, my on this God. One. What, what, what is that? <laughs> uh, I'm not sure about the, the this range in CPM. That's a little bizarre. And then Sword Scale, I've seen them. Before it looks like two hundred eighty-seven thousand listeners per episode. And it's interesting how they say listeners per episode. Right. So anyway, um, it'll be a great show, and I, I'm looking forward to uh, hanging out and talking with podcasters. It's going to be fun, as yeah. it always is. Oh yeah, it's always good to and. And we're doing a panel session together, the the state of podcasting in yeah. 2016. Yeah, I got to start a, working on my slides too. Go ahead. Yeah, it's it's going to be a good good lineup. You and Rob Walsh and uh, Brian Moffat from NPR and um, Mignon Fogarty uh, is going to join us. I can see three Hall of Famers on the panel. Well, so I guess we're the old guard. We are the old guard, Todd. I have gray hair to prove it. Oh, man. So let's talk uh, just a little bit about this uh, dust-up that happened this past week over the... Uh, oh, the, the top, lists? The top 22 lists. By the way, I got a new bio out of it, Rob. Uh, Did you know? Yeah, and I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, I plagiarized it. I'll just be straight up. Uh, let, me, let me read... Uh, and I adjusted the bio a little bit. I'm just going to have to share this with you. It's good. Okay. So the bio of you or the bio of someone else? Well, they put the, they did write-ups on each person that was in their top 22 list. Oh, I see. And they okay. call, they called me the yardstick. 
<laughs> that could that could have a bunch of different meanings, Todd. I'm not quite sure what that. Uh, That's that right. But yeah. uh, he wrote the book on podcasting. Well, at least the first podcasting do itself guide. He is the founder, and he it just did. goes on. It was a great bio write up. I, I I'm honest with you. I cut and paste and I did a bunch of changes and I sent an email over to him saying, can I just like plagiarize and steal this for my new bio and uh, haven't got a response for him from him yet, but it was pretty good. It was, they, they did, they, they did a good write up on each person. So they got the facts okay. right. So is it still up online? No, it's, it's down. He pulled the, uh, the, from the, you know, had what happened was they got 15 responses, mostly from, uh, ladies who basically said, how dare you only include two women in this, you know, in this list of influential podcasters. And they, uh, they took a lot of heat. So he took the, and I know that some podcasting company, uh, folks called and complained because they weren't on the list. And, um, so it, yeah. He, they, it was, it, be honest with you, someone said, oh, it's a piece of shit list. And I was like, you look at everyone on there, there it's probably needed to be more than 22. It probably needed to be 100. Yeah. But um, the 22 that were on there were movers and shakers in the space. Now, there was no doubt that there was, at least in my opinion. Now, again, I may have was a little biased because I was on the list, but, um, you know, you weren't on there. Rob Walsh wasn't on there. Um, you guys deserved a bit had been on that list, but they, and for what, and again, it's, it's some company's blog list, you know, but man, people got bent, uh, politically incorrect to just, uh, and, and it's just, it was like, uh, I'm probably going to get some, and, and okay, don't ladies don't take this the wrong way, but it's not be the boo, boo, I'm not on the list. Yeah. It's just a list. Come up with your own list. And someone did the, the following day. Yeah. Be careful what you ask and what you wish for, right? Right. Because that, that, that new list was a little perplexing to you, too, as well, it sounded like. Well, I didn't. I, I feel that I'm pretty well connected with what's going on in the space, but there was like maybe, I may have knew five of the 20. And it's influ maybe influential as a podcaster, but are they influential in the podcasting space? You know, so, and, and don't take anything wrong. Everyone's doing great jobs, but I don't know. What did, what, what was your take on the whole thing? Well, I think it, there's like a, I guess it is true. There's a new guard and an old guard in this medium. And that that's bound to happen with a medium that's you know twelve years old, right, and, right. and there's there's newcomers, new people coming into the to the medium and building um, audiences that uh, have have really no interest in really, and uh, it probably doesn't benefit them uh, tremendously to have a have a recognition of the past, um, and I think we're going to see that happen more and more, and it may be pretty evident to us at at the podcast movement event too, is that um, the, the hall of famers tend to be people from the, the old guard, right. Oftentimes and are, are considered to be less, not as relevant, I guess, to the <laughs> new guard. Right. So it just, it, it, it's the nature of any, anything, any, any group as a, is you have a strong inf influx of, 
new younger people to a medium, they want to make that um, theirs. Yeah, right? of course. So, and I think that's that's a little bit of the transition that we're going through right now. Yeah, I'm happy, happy to make it. You know, step up and let's go. You know, uh, give us some new ideas, come up with something new, but don't try to claim something's new that's been done before. <laughs> well, that that takes us off into another article that kind of sparked people's um, uh, interest. You know, I got involved in. I know you did too. About talking about <laughs> how innovative it was to uh, take uh, uh, phone calls, right. phone messages. Yeah, take voicemails from your listeners. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it was a Neiman Labs article, and it was, oh, it was evolutionary that a podcaster had set up a voicemail number to take listener feedback. Yeah. Yeah, like that's never been done before. <laughs> uh, I think my voicemail call-in line started in uh, 2004, 2005, and then I moved it over to speak easier somebody uh, but if it's new to you todd <laughs> it must be new to everybody else but that was uh, innovative and the, the highlight of the article is that podcaster was being innovative <laughs> yeah yeah uh and it really took away from what was sad was the the, the person that was um had been interviewed the show that had been interviewed for that article they were as bamboozled as we were um, they had replied to Sean Thorpe on Twitter and said, we don't get it either. We don't know why this was, uh, the part, the, you know, the part of the piece that was really promoted, uh, you know, because they, they were, t it was talking about this podcaster show and the stuff they were doing. So it really took away the podcaster got shortchanged in the article because we all, you know, laughing about the innovation part. And yet the rest of the article was supposedly about this, you know, it was about this, this particular show and what they were doing. So the, you know, the content creator got shortchanged in the, in the piece. There is something to be said for uh, that concept though, from a technology perspective has never really been um, fully, fully deployed or fully um, realized in podcasting though. It's always been like this separate thing that you have to plug in Um I've been thinking for the last couple of years that there's that there's some aspects of this uh, community ability to have your audience connect more with your show that needs to be integrated in with uh, the the consumption platforms. Um, True, you know, you know that uh, as well as the advertising side too. So when you run a uh, a sponsor in your your podcast or in your show, it should uh, you know if there's a promo code, it should display that in the listening platform, and and it should give the, the listener the opportunity to provide feedback right through the listening platform. Um, I've always felt that that was a technology piece that um, was not that hard to, to add to listening platforms. You know, let's say Apple adds a, you know, a feedback process. A person can click a button, record an audio comment, and have that um, get sent as an email to the podcaster or something. Um, it's, not a, it's not a difficult technology um, to to solve, but it would create a lot more of a, you know, more of a connection between the audience and the podcaster, which is what that whole comment is all about, right? Is making a connection with your audience and being a little bit more like talk radio, I guess. Um, so I don't know what you thought about that. I mean, there's some aspects of these of, of this stuff 
that these third-party companies do that just feels like it needs to be integrated more seamlessly into the listening platforms. I think I think what we have seen and what my response to that would be is, sure, it's, it would be great to have that feature, but most people have their phones in their pockets when they're listening to podcasts. They're not looking at the screen. So, and that's why um, chapter... Um, chaptered podcasts never became popular. That's why, you know, nearly no one does it anymore and putting chapter yeah. markers and album art, yeah. it changes as the media goes through. No one is looking at that, looking at the screen. You but, know, how's but, my, how's my phone on my desk right now? It's face down on the desk, you know? So. Yeah. 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 You and, know, but, but having the ability to, to be able to easily, you know, send a um, audio feedback to to a show um, through the the listening app, and I guess there has been some exploration of that around the advertising side. There there was a company, and I think we've talked about them on, on here before. I don't know what, what they're doing now, but the the audio advertising that would show like a like a visual ad, but but it gets back to what you were saying before. But it's like voice activated, right? So you could. Um, voice respond to the ad somehow um, to to e- either accept the ad or have it uh, I guess have something sent to you about it or something like that to create kind of a a process where that listener can connect with that advertiser um, in in real time right uh, I think is is a piece that we haven't entirely figured out yet that's you know that is definitely for sure yeah so I had a um... Yesterday, I had the most amazing call I think I've had in 12 years of podcasting. Really? Yep. That's saying something. Media buyer calls me. Got an advertising campaign. Great. What's the category? Oh, I think I saw your post about this. Religion. And I'm like, what? You want to advertise on fake face shows? Yep. Whoa. Wow. I wow. said, okay. I said, uh, faith-based shows normally don't take advertising. I said, this is new. <laughs> I said, what's the company? And they told me, and I was like, what do they do? I was like, oh, 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 great fit. <laughs> great fit. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, so I sent the email to 5,900 podcasters last night thinking I'm going to get 10 to reply because we're, you know, faith-based shows just don't do sponsorships. But in the email I sent, I included the name of the company and what they do. This morning, I have over 100 replies on my inbox from faith-based shows saying, yes, 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 we want on this. Awesome. And So what's what's the... You know, without saying what the company name is, but um, what's the genre that we're talking? I mean, I know it's faith Edu- related. Education. It's education. Okay. Yep. Education. And uh, I was just like, whoa. I was just like, yeah, perfect. I mean, absolutely perfect. If it, you know, you're, I was waiting for something, you know, they were, hey, were they selling Bibles? Were they selling you? Yeah. What, what were they selling, you know? And yeah. uh, so this is something that, uh, a product that a lot of faith-based uh, folks, uh, I'm sure, will be very curious to investigate. So, it looks like we're going to have our first faith-based podcast promotion, I'm, and I'm calling it a promotion. 
And one thing else I'm going to do that we're going to do for the very first time for this campaign is we're going to provide copy. We're going to provide a spot, a 60-second spot that the shows can play because I think what we're going to have is some of these faith-based shows may not be comfortable in host endorsing. They may all be willing, but I told the vendor, I says, let's, let's have available uh, an, a, basically a pre-produced ad spot. So what do you think? What, how does that? Well, your- I guess, you know, really without knowing what the context of the education piece is, it's hard to know if that's, you know, there's a reason for that, I guess. Um, and it's not negative. The product's fantastic, but it's, um, and it's something I'd promote. But it's a, I just, I felt just in the back of my head, I thought maybe some of these faith-based shows that will not want to do ad copy. Okay. You, you know, if you got a pastor or if you have a, something, he's not going to do an ad. Come on. Well, some, some content providers, I mean, um, some radio guys um, won't do host reads ever because mm. Their their brand and what they do is so linked up with the credibility of being um, unbiased yep. or un. They don't endorse anything because they don't want to be seen as 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 having a conflict of interest. Right. Um, so there is some limitations out there, and I know that's it. It's been around in the radio business, especially the guys that like to um, kind of critique things, right, and and not. You know, right. products and services and give yep. give critical um reviews of things yeah they don't want to be seen as as being under some sort of financial relationship um with any particular brand or company um so those shows all run pre-produced spots and you know we've had responses <clears throat> from let me look here we had uh some jewish shows respond um okay well, Just, then, yeah, at the National Association of Broadcasters event, you know, which I, I exhibited at, right. um, I did a bunch of interviews with a bunch of Christian broadcasters for my speaker live show. And I did ask about advertising. And they, um, I'd say most of them said that they don't typically do advertising, but right. they would be open to it, yeah. especially if it was education related. Yeah. So, so uh, it was absolutely perfect. And um, I applaud the, uh, media buyer for scoring this client and it's a uh, got a limited time run we're going to start july 11th and run through uh september 15th or something like that so so um it looks like uh podcast one's got a got a new ceo yeah um norm stepping back or what's going on there yeah i think norm is i mean norm is kind of stepping back a little bit. Uh, I think he, he got the, that investment from Hubbard. Yep. Um, and my guess is, is that Hubbard will continue to take larger and larger chunks of that company. Um, until Hubbard basically owns it, I think is, I mean, outright would be my, my speculation. And he's hired, um, a guy named Jim Burke, who's the chief executive officer, formerly of participant media. Uh, which is basically a movie studio. So how, did he leave that company in good terms? or I don't know the history on how he left participant, um, but it is a little bit of a perplexing um, 
um, person to put in charge of a podcasting platform. <laughs> hmm. He doesn't, he's a mute movie guy. Yeah. So, uh, and it looks like a lot of the, the films that he's been involved in have been kind of in the independent film range. Right. Haven't been really big commercial um, films from what I can tell. Some have been commercially successful, but uh, it just he's kind of living in this this world. Um, it, it it just seems like an odd fit with Podcast One to have a CEO like that. But he's probably per, pretty well connected with Hollywood, so maybe it means that Podcast One's going to head more towards um, kind of storytelling content. I don't know. Well, we ought to see if we can get him on the show, quiz him down. Yeah, there you go. Find yeah. out, uh, find out what he knows about the podcasting space, or what he's going to do yeah. over there. He may not well, be wanting to share, but yeah, I mean, Norma's always wanted to be just chairman of the company, so he, you know, I think he's kind of, kind of, kind of moving more into a retirement mode. But it's hard to say exactly what's going on there. You know, Norm is a very hands-on kind of guy too, so. I'm sure he's going to manage Jim uh, pretty closely for the first, you know, six months or so. Uh, and if he works out, then he'll probably let, let Jim run, as they say. I, I like how you use the term manage. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, Norm is a full charge kind of guy. You know, yeah. he's he's got his fingers on every every part. I mean, he listens to every every, every one of his podcasts uh, really? every week. Oh yeah! Wow! And wow! He, he he calls in to his producers and gives them feedback on every episode. That's impressive. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Norm's a Norm's a crazy man when it comes wow. to podcasting. Man, wow. he listens to his shows. That's impressive. He listens to all of them. Holy cow! Yeah, yeah. So he does it on the weekends. I don't think he ever stops working. That that's what's kind of I kind of hesitate a little bit to say that he's retiring because <laughs> I don't think it's possible for that guy to retire. He's well, just, uh, you, you know, if you, let's be frank, if you have a business, you have to work. There is no yeah. off time. Yeah. I have he's no, I have working no weekends and yeah. evenings. Of course he does have a shutoff time at seven o'clock at night. You can't email him after seven o'clock, but I, I have no, you know, I have no off time. It's, it's, I don't on, either. it's on 24 yeah. seven. You know? Exactly. I mean, I got a call from a a podcaster in uh, oh, what country was it? Uh, just the other night at one thirty in the morning, <laughs> called me about Spreaker. <laughs> uh, that one when I went to voicemail at my house. <laughs> yeah. Did you just, get up and answer the call? I well, it was just on my cell phone. I was sitting here and I I, I was up late that night and got got a call. He was calling about wanting to join the Adore Network. So it's like, <laughs> okay. Wow. But you say, hey, dude, it's one thirty my time. Did you tell yeah, him I that? Yeah, I did actually tell him that. I go, but it's no big deal. You know, I'm all right. Um, and that, I've been, you know, I mean, it's an interesting topic. I mean, I give out my, my email and my contact information freely. I don't right. um, hold it back or restrict it. Because I, I don't know about you, but I get frustrated. If I have to try and get a hold of somebody for whatever reason, you know, if it's to invite them to something, right. to get them on this show or to whatever, there's a lot of people that you just can't get a hold of. Yeah. And you know, they, another thing people don't do anymore, leave voicemails. Yeah, that's right. I have people call me five times in a row. I'll be like in a meeting or in another call, and they will not leave a voicemail. 
Yep. And, and I'll call that number back. Obviously, you're trying to get a hold of me. I, say, I saw you've called me five times. Uh, what can I do for you? Yep. You know, and if it was, and it's sometimes it's a sales guy and I'll hang up on him. And sometimes it's a podcaster needing help, but they won't leave a voicemail. I, yeah, what, what is wrong don't do with that people? Anymore. What's wrong with people? Yeah. Well, yeah. It, it's either that or send a text message. Yeah. But identify who you are in your text yeah. message. Because I can't yeah. tell from the phone number. And, you know, and, and I hate not to answer the phone because sometimes it's the New York Times. Sometimes it's. Yeah, you don't know. Right? You don't know. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, those kind of calls at 1 30 in the morning are unusual. Yeah. I mean, I've been giving my phone number out for years and years. I know Robert Scoble has been doing this for a long time too. And he says the same thing. So, and I had someone tell me the other day, I don't want to put my email address on my website because I'm going to get spam. And I'm just like, really? They get spam. I Gmail works pretty good from a spam filter. I, you know, I've had my email address on my website for, you know, 10 years. Yeah, or spell it out or something. Do yeah, the, you know, or the, get a the, throwaway one. Yeah, but you have I to mean, check it every day. I mean, I mean, it doesn't have to be the actual email address. It can be like you know, thus and less right, at right. at right. Your your dot com can be there, but yeah, um, yeah. There's ways of doing it or making it a image is another thing that people do um, if they're worried about spam. Yeah, but. Put it out there. Let people know how to get a hold of you. I think it's really important, especially if you're a podcaster. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, if you want to get invited to be a guest on another show mm -hmm. or or just like Todd said, if you maybe a media person wants to get a quote from you, you have to be accessible. Yep. You can't put yourself in a box. Nope. So, so anyway, um, so what else is going on in the space this week? Uh, you know, we're, we're hot and heavy, uh, you know, just ran into a couple of last minute technical difficulties, but I think, uh, uh, we're about ready to flip some switches and turn some stuff on and been testing, uh, Oh, some, new stuff. Yep. Testing some new stuff that we're going to announce at podcast movement and, uh, -huh. uh, very, uh, very, very excited about, you know, I, I talked about this on my regular podcast, but sometimes yeah, like I read something two, three months ago, and I sent it over to the team. I said, "Hey, by the way, this might be something cool." And you know, you get the kind of all right, all right, yeah, we'll think about it. And then, uh, then someone on the team gets a call from a customer, and they say, "Hey, how come you're not doing this?" And we're like, "Yeah, why aren't we not doing this?" And then I'm like, "Didn't I just tell you guys about that three months ago?" So in the roundabout way, I'm getting what I wanted, uh, but uh, it took a customer to kind of kickstart the process. So, um, yeah, we're, we're going to have some cool stuff to announce it. Uh, and we'll start making announcements next week. So we're going to make uh, uh, three podcast movement related press releases. So, Oh, hey, I, I just pop, popped over to the art19.com website. Uh-huh. And I was just looking at I, you know, I haven't talked to Sean Carr in a, in a while, and I know, and he 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 told me months ago that he was willing to come on the show and talk about what those guys are doing over there. Um, but I I was scrolling through his website, and I see this this one slide on his website um, titled "Measurement." Oh, really? And I think it's interesting. This is we know people download a podcast, but we don't know if they listened advertisers are understandably reluctant 
So go to his front page. Yeah, I'm on the front page. Yes, you have to scroll down. Scroll down to measurement. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Why would he put that on his website? Because it's—is it part of their sales pitch that they can tell if someone's listened? I guess that's the only—that's the only angle that I can say because he's—he's basically exposing a a weakness that everybody in the industry has. This is definitely a you know a a weakness. I wouldn't say it's an unsolvable problem, but it's definitely a weakness. It's Um, not a weakness. That's the thing. Well, it hasn't been a weakness, Rob. In people's perception, it is not media buyers. No, no, I know. That's why this is perplexing. Yeah. Right. Or, or is this catering to trying to appeal to podcasters to come over to him? Cause he has the answer. I have no idea, but they're giving away free bandwidth for people that host over there for, for CPMs that are, well, I'll let people announce what their CPMs are publicly. Not, I don't need to do it. So, you know, he has it here targeting in podcasting. The whole world hears the same ads. <laughs> Killing revenue from regional and international advertising. Okay, that's old. That's old. Nothing new there. Uh, let's see. Stale ads. There is no easy way to refresh advertising. Ads in old podcast episodes grow stale, wasting potential revenue. Yeah, except that ninety-seven or ninety-five percent of shows have no stale inventory because people are not listening to those episodes any longer. It's just, yeah, come on. Yeah. Yawn, yawn, yawn. <laughs> it's, that's their sales pitch. Yeah. The sooner, the sooner advertisers figure out that the high majority of shows don't have long tail, the better. Yeah. Okay, here's an R19 warp feed. So I think he's trying to play off the whole warp speed yeah. concept from Star Trek. But yeah. Art, Art 19 warp feed technology provides near real time RSS ad insertion, unlocking regional and international advertising as well as monetizing of back catalog. Warp RSS. Warp feed. Mm-hmm. They're not a, they're not coming to podcast movement. They're not an exhibitor, are they? They I don't know. Sean's probably attending, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll invite Sean on. Yeah, we'll have to talk about some of these things, and he he won't like the response, maybe. Yeah, well, yeah. Oh, so challenges links right to the measurement area. So, yeah, so yeah. Very- his first line here in his introduction, it says, podcasting is exploding. It is. But monetization <laughs> remains a challenge. It does? <laughs> So anyway, I'll I'll invite Sean on to to explain his challenges. Yeah, I mean, he may not want to listen to this show before he comes on. <laughs> it's okay. They were, it's, you know, they're it's su- not negative feedback. We're, no, we're no. just telling him what we read on his website. Yeah, and, there's you know. you know they're super secretive over there. They think they have this secret sauce to doing things, and it's really the technology is not difficult. The question is is the technology needed. Uh, this is interesting. Chris Chris Hardwick joins Art19 as investor and advisor. So that, that was that's pretty old though. That's from the end of February. 
And that's our latest news? Yeah, looks like it. And Wow. Wow. They're, they're listing a bunch of um, investors that are joined. Hernan Lopez joins Art19 as investor and advisor. I don't know who that is. Uh, he's the Wondery founder, which oh. is a, a, a they're going to be a podcast movement. So, you know, here, so if they haven't posted anything on there, what's happening at Art Neen since February? That to me is shocking. Yeah. At, well, at, uh, you know, if you don't have any news to talk about since February, the podcasting space is, mo- is moving. <laughs> wow. Interesting. Yeah. They've got, uh, they've got five advisors. Looks like uh, three non-executive directors. I have no idea what that means. Means that they're not getting paid. Non-executive directors <laughs> and have no stock. <laughs> but the, they don't list any any directors. They don't actually page. list the names. Well, they have advisors. Oh, but they have three non-executive directors. Well, it's anyway. like any other podcasting company out there. I wish them luck, you know. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, they're and these folks have had to change their business model four or five times. So, you know, they. Yeah, I think they're locked into it now. Yeah. But uh, I don't see anybody leaving us to go to Art Nineteen. There's, it looks like a fair amount of people are from the LA market are kind of moving their way though. Well, uh, it, what you will see is if they don't succeed in delivering value, they don't deliver what they say they're going to deliver, then people will be over there yeah. and get a free ride on hosting for a while. But you have to move everything. You have to move your RSS feed. Yeah. You have to move your hosting. It's that's to me is insane. Yeah. Anybody that, you know, a platform where you have to move your RSS yeah. feed is that's just beyond scary. Well, Sean is is built a. It looks like a great team here. He's got quite a few people. He's what has he got? Um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven people. That's about the size of a typical startup. Um, yeah. Okay, we'll see. We'll see yeah. how it goes. Good yeah. luck to them. Hey, we're already past uh, ninety minutes here, Rob. Yes, we are. So, it's amazing uh, how fast that time goes. Yeah, let's, uh, of course we had the the blab failure, and yeah, uh, well that oh that well, definitely we we down. lost we're off. Wow, we, the stream failed, so we are offline. Something happened. Oh, is oh you mean we're not streaming anywhere? Yeah, we're, the stream went down. Hmm. Oh, what, at Facebook and and at YouTube, so something dropped. Connection went bad or something. Oh, so we've just been talking to ourselves. Not then. for very long, though. I've been monitoring it, so it hasn't only been for a few minutes. Okay. Okay. Well, anyway, I guess for those of you listening uh, later, uh, you can So is there it. anybody listening? No, I, I, now there isn't. <laughs> there's nobody. <laughs> not right now, there's not. It's dead. So everyone, thanks so for being here. And uh, I've got a call coming in, so I need to take that as well. But uh, Okay. Todd at newmediashow.com or at Geek News on Twitter. And Rob? Uh, Rob at Rob Greenlee. Uh, 
you can get hold of me there or Rob at Spreaker with an R and Rob Greenlee uh, on Twitter as well. So it's right. the best way to get a hold of me. All right, folks, thanks for being here. We'll see you next week on the new media show.